The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome to the show. Great to see everybody, people filing into all the chat rooms. It's terrific. It's great to see. And I hope everybody is getting ready for a terrific and a happy and peaceful and loving Thanksgiving. Uh, we're only a couple of d- couple of days away from that, despite the fact that I'm told that you might not be able to get a turkey. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. Somebody said that there's shortage. I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't even eat that much turkey, to be honest with you. I have turkey sandwiches now and then, but I don't eat a lot on Thanksgiving. I find myself eating the cookies and the pie before the real dinner is served. And then when the dinner comes out, I'm so full, but I feel obligated to eat a little bit just because, you know, uh, generally I eat it at my sister's and she made all this food, so I eat it. And then I'm, I feel horrible for three days. <laughs> That's That tends to be my Thanksgiving. Anyway, it's great to see everybody here. We have a very, very special program for you tonight. I've been really anxious and excited about this one. Uh and and our guest reminded me, Joe McQuillan is our guest, he reminded me that it was in 2018 that we spoke last. Joe um, experienced a real tragedy in his life, and he's going to tell you about it. He lost his son, but he didn't really lose his son. That's the thing that's really interesting about this story. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And uh, I'm going to bring Joe in here so we can get talking about this. Joe, welcome. Welcome back to the show. It's great to have you here. You said it was 2018. That sounds right to me. That's like three years ago. Uh, man, how time flies. Yeah, when you're, uh, <clears throat> when you're taking one step at a time, it does fly. Thanks for having me back on. I really appreciate it. Well, your work, your first book uh, that we talked about um, um, back in 2018 was such an inspiration. Uh, and the conversation was so heartfelt and so... Uh, interesting at the same time and we had such a great response from our audience as well so um bringing you back was a natural when i saw that you actually wrote a second book before we get into this you're going to need to talk about uh because there's a lot of people that are watching and and listening to the program that probably aren't familiar with our 2018 interview so let's talk a little bit about what happened to you the tragedy that befell your family and uh, particularly you and, and your son, uh, talk about what happened there, and let's uh, let's let's remind folks. So January uh, of 2016, my my son was home for uh, uh, Christmas break. He was 21, home from school. Uh, as usual, it was, you know most of the time was spent hanging around with pals and <clears throat> and uh, enjoying each other company. So it was the last weekend before they were all going back to school. So. Uh, one of the friends had a uh, one of the friends had a lake house in Lake Beulah, about an hour and a half north. I live on the North Shore of Chicago, about an hour and a half north. And uh, you know, kick up their heels. There was a dozen of them. Uh, big lake house, shooting pool, celebrating a little bit. And uh, they were at a local tavern. And the plan was go up on a Saturday. I, I had actually made them lunch that day with with a pal of his that was with them and uh, they, they, you know, head up there, uh, have have the last hurrah uh, and come back. I grew up in Buffalo, so 
family's big Bills fans. We were going to be watch the the Bills Raiders game uh, that was going to be on, and uh, and so uh, the kids uh, went up and and like I said, shot pool at the local tavern and went back to the house to continue with the party. And and three o'clock in the morning, uh, Chris and three of his friends, you know, walked outside as as 21-year-olds would do, as I would do at 21-year-old, and, and saw a boathouse and and saw a uh, three-man canoe. So four four guys with a snoot full of alcohol, layered clothing, uh, untied Timberland boots, jumped in a three-man canoe, paddled out in a partially frozen lake, and and none of them made it back. Uh, you know, I, I got a text that uh, said, Mr. McHugh, Chris and three of his friends are, uh, are, are missing. Uh, grabbed the dog, put on some boots, jumped in the car, and fully expected, really fully expected um, to find uh, Chris with a co-ed or, you know, passed out in somebody's shed and, and you know, gathering them up, throwing them in the car, bringing them back. And uh, and halfway up, I got a call. It said it was no longer a uh, search but a recovery that all, all four had drowned. Uh, uh, you know, I just wasn't ready at that point to accept a world devoid of, of my Chris. We were very close. I adored him. He was a little bit of a wild card, but, uh, you know, I'm 36 years sober. I was a little bit of a wild card myself. So, uh, you know, we got each other, you know, flashback 16 years before this on just a, um, a whim. I went and saw a medium and, uh, and the whole reading was a little, little mundane and, uh, got toward the end. And she said to me, you know, your dad's here and he's saying railroad and he's holding a caboose. Now, if you look over my shoulder, there's a railroad lantern on the top of my bookshelf yep. there. So the old man spent 40 years on the railroad, raised 10 kids on the railroad. Every boy in the family worked on the railroad during college. I stayed on a couple of years. Um, my uncle, grandfather, we were a railroad family. So when they said that, it caught my attention. Now, the old man didn't give me any secrets to the universe, didn't give me lottery numbers. He just let me know he was there. 16 years later, when I'm driving up, finding out that my son had drowned, my main thought was, where is he? He has to go somewhere. And if he went somewhere, and I've already established my old man's there, and he's with him. And, and I just got to start to figure this out. And that was my, uh, that started my quest. That started my journey. You know, I, I didn't mean to write one book, much less two, you know, uh, I figured I'd put together a notebook with notes and sitting on a, on a porch with a cigar and, and reading through and rocking a couple of times when I got a little older. Uh, but I, but Chris had a different path for me and, uh, and it's doing what I'm doing right now. And I, I hate to, uh, I feel awkward asking these questions at times just because it was such a, such a traumatic and, and horrible experience uh, but you you said you weren't prepared for that text when you got the text. It said it was no longer a search, but now it was a recovery. No yeah. parent is ever prepared for that information, regardless of whether it comes from a text or a phone call or what. I mean, no parent is ever prepared for that. That is a parent's worst nightmare, Joe. Uh, that is a parent's worst nightmare. No yeah, doubt. and you were headed up there to help search for your son, again, thinking that something very innocent happened and you just needed to find him. Um, right. What happens emotionally when you get, when you get, could we, some sure. people say there's a bit of a, a shock or a disbelief yeah. that, that takes over at the time. What happened to you? It was, it wasn't disbelief. I mean, the, the, the message uh, rang loud and clear. 
you know, that, you know, my son had left this world, you know, and, and look at me, you know, I got a crew cut and broken nose. Uh, you know, do I look like a guy that would light sage and, and have crystals and light <laughs> candles? But you know what? That's exactly what I do because that's how I, from people in front of me, how to gain the edge, right? I needed to find out where he was. Absolutely. I was in shock. You know, I remember to this morning, walk, or to, to this moment, walking into that lake house, looking through uh, the screen, the, the picture window and seeing the lake below with the emergency lights and the boats. And, and, and it was just, it was just horrifying, but you do go into a bit of shock and, and, you know, and also the, it's overwhelming because, you know, none of us have been there. You're not prepared for it. You don't have a church. You don't have, you already have a, you don't know where you're gonna, uh, you know, put them. You don't know where the reception, I mean, none of that. And it's a bit overwhelming. And I think that's why, you know, you go into shock and, and, and then you start processing it, you know, and you have to make those calls, you know, the, to the to, to his mom who is at home waiting to hear from him, to, from me, um, to his godmother, to his, you know, you know, it was to his sister and, and, and Sally, you know, William, who's 22 now at Boulder and wrote a wonderful story in the second, <clears throat> the second book called The Work, The First Saw the Worst. Talk, wrote about hearing his mom bellow and never heard a noise from her like that. Mm -hmm. he, he, you know, he talked about that. The only time he'd ever seen me cry is when we put our Labrador down when she was 15, you know? And, and so, you know, your lives change. The, the entire world changes for you. You know, the priorities change, things become black and white, but I had a built-in responsibility. I mean, I've got, I had two other kids and a, right. and a wife and, and a world to take care of. And, uh, and and I and, and I knew I I did. I'll tell you something funny. I would uh, I'd hit my knees at night, and as I always did, and I would thank God for my sobriety, and I'd thank God for uh, my family. But I'd say to him, you know, we're not good, you and me. You know, just in case you think we're fine, we're <laughs> yeah. not. You you took my kid, you know. And on the third night, I'm not a religious cat. I believe in God, and I'm very spiritual now. I'm a different guy than I was prior to January 3rd. But I got a voice back that said, I didn't take your son. His recklessness and self-will caused him to come home early. But I welcomed him home. And remember, I lost a son too. So it was at that point, I knew God doesn't move us wow. around like chess pieces. You know, he wasn't making me pay for past sins. You know, this things happen, you know, and, and, and you know, it's not fair. And But on this journey, I figured out fair is where you go to eat cotton candy and ride the merry-go-round fair doesn't fit into it you know things happen and and then things like exit points and and life plans and contracts things that i never knew existed um i found out because i wasn't ready to let go of this this being that was my son and, uh, and it turns out i didn't have to now i will explain that i would trade all of this metaphysical insights and knowledge and connection that I have for one game of touch, touch football before Thanksgiving yeah. meal, you yeah. know, to be with my boy, but I don't get to unring that bell. That's not, that's not an option available to me. So the next thing is finding out where is he? How do I connect? Do I connect? And if it's all hokey BS, let's figure that out and cross it off the right. the list and figure something else out. And, 
And that's where my journey started. So it, that day, you you tell the story about how you had uh, uh, reached out. It was your father. Your... Well, my dad came through. Yeah, yeah. Iron Sixteen Joe years prior through. to that, is that what you yeah, said? Yeah. If you yes, had, exactly. if you didn't have that experience, would you have thought about Christopher's passing at the same way at the time? You know, nobody's ever asked me that question. That's a great question. Probably not. So I really do think that the journey that I thought began. January 3rd, 2016, began around 2001, you know, um, I really do. Um, so the information I just put into a, a mental file cabinet that I drew on, you know, when I needed it, you know, so it started thinking like maybe there is, albeit a plan I'm not crazy about, maybe there is a plan, you know, maybe there's something more to this. And, and you no, know, you're dead right. When you uh, obviously got over the initial shock of losing Christopher at the time, and uh, you were able to start thinking more clearly, at what point did you either start making the effort to to reach him, or did he reach out to you? You know, that's great. And it was uh, the next day. Uh, I reached back to that medium from 15, 16 years before, and she had moved to Surprise, Arizona. And actually... My son was working spring training baseball for my buddy uh, a year ago spring. So I went out, hung out with him, played a little golf and uh, saw a buddy of mine and, uh, and, and, and had lunch with her. But uh, <clears throat> this, so I, I reached out there and, 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 and albeit he, he was fresh and really getting used to the change of, of going from body to spirit. Um, you know, he gave her some, unbelievable messages to validate that it was him. I got to tell you, she told me things that I didn't know until a week later when I got the coroner's report and read it, you know, about what they were wearing, uh, drinking, untied Timberland boots, clothing, you know, um, a number of other things that it was like, holy smokes, this is, uh, this is pretty amazing. You know, and uh, and it helped. And, and I got to tell you, I was still so wrecked and so broken, you know, uh, you know, that that and I was just hanging on to the next time I would call her. And like, you know, most mediums, you know, they're, they're not in it, you know, to, to collect the check from you every week. She'd say, look, we let's give this some time and then we'll try it again in a couple of weeks. You know, but he came through really, really well. Um, I mean, for somebody so new, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm greedy and, and I wanted more. And yeah. so what I wanted to do was connect with a medium who was talking to my son that I could see, I, you know, I, the phone wasn't enough. So I, I was looking online for some recommendations and, and it, and it turns out I didn't realize it was his Bob Olson wrote a wonderful book about the other side and, and you know, investigating and, and, he had a website and I was looking, I didn't know it was his website, checking uh, uh, a mediums near me. And so I, I did. And, uh, and I found a guy and I thought, okay, you know, he's close by. He's got great recommendations. I made a, I, I made an appointment and I figured, you know, what the heck, you know, if, it, if, if I chicken out, I'll just cancel. And uh, so I did, I, I, I did two things the morning I was meeting him in the appointment. And the appointment was um, June, 30th, 2016. I stopped uh, at my dresser and I pulled out this leather bracelet that, that you can see right there. 
and and Chris gave it to me when uh, when he was in when we went to Disney World when he was like five, and he picked it out and has and he gave it to me. So proud of it, and it says Dad on it, <laughs> and it's got Goofy on the clasp, which might you know might be a sign of things, you know. But, uh, you know, so I put that on. It was the first time I had touched it since since he was five or six years old. And I ordered some shamrock seeds. Now, here's kind of a funny story is that we buried Chris January 3rd uh, or, or January 8th, 2016. And, uh, and you know, just outside of Chicago, near the lake, windy, cold, snow. Uh, you know, so when, when the ground, when the, when the snow started melting, and and they can't put the the headstone in until the ground softens, right? Right. So so when when the snow start melting, I see his. I, I go to his grave here pretty often, and and I'll tell you about that too. But I go there and and he's buried next to another couple. Right? We bought six plots, three for me and three for his godfather. And and this woman said, "Where do you want to put him?" And I saw at the end, I'll put next to somebody else. Well, it just wouldn't do, you know. I was like, "Nah, dude, that's my kid." He's not their kid. Yeah. You know, so raised a little hell, kicked in a few doors, wrote a check <laughs> and moved him over one, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to occupy that spot that he was in for those months. But I moved him over once on that day. To visit. I, 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 I had ordered some shamrock seeds from Amazon. They came. So that morning, the ground was loose around his grave. And I figured I planted these shamrock seeds and, and, you know, say almost six years later, the, the, they still come through in the spring. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I go there, I plant the shamrock seeds, I got my bracelet, I go to see this Andrew Anderson in, in the suburbs, about 35 minutes from my house, come in and he said, hey, uh, you know, your son's here, you know, we go through the preliminaries, he said, it's beautiful, looks like Brad Pitt, which he did. And he said, you know, your son, you're acknowledging that you guys, uh, that the whole family on the other side, I've got, I'm the youngest 10 kids, so bunch of suicide that they're there and they celebrated something yesterday you know for you two what was that well that was our anniversary now this guy didn't know my last name you know much less what my 25th anniversary was with my wife and so uh and he said and chris also acknowledges you're wearing the uh bracelet he gave you and he acknowledges that you were at his grave planting something today. What, what, what were you planting? And I said, shamrock seeds. That's the moment I went from believing, because I believe this, to knowing. Yeah. You know, it was buckle, buckle up. Here we go. I need more. And, and, and that really kicked into kind of speed for me, you know, for a, for a C minus guy to learn, uh, you know, a lot about what was important, you know. Joe, when you first started communicating with Christopher uh, in those early days, yeah, what were the messages that were coming through from him? Was was he okay? Was he uh, apologetic for what happened? Was he uh, comedic? Did he try to joke with you? What type of messages were you getting? You know, I was told from Nancy in the very beginning that humor was good. It relaxed him. But for every medium we saw, and we saw a number of them, and and mediums are funny. Sometimes they get a little quirky, like, "Well, why'd you go see?" You know, it's like, right. "Why'd you go to the Mets game when you go to the Yankees?" You yeah, know, right. and, and 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 you know, because I want different perspectives. I want you know, and I've met some amazing mediums. I really, you know, certainly have never found anybody that I didn't think was tried and true, and working their their best. I saw, I've seen some that are just amazing. Some that are really good and some that are okay, you know, kind of like chefs or uh, 
were long snappers, right? Not sure. everybody's great at what they do, right. you know, but most of the people have been outstanding. So Chris consistently said he was sorry. And he said, I'm so sorry that I, 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 you know, brought this much pain. And he said, it, it was just, you need to know, it was just a dumb mistake. And, and he actually said, which was kind of humorous, he said, it wasn't even my idea this time, because he was usually the ringleader for bad ideas, you know. He <laughs> did, we saw a post one time on, a, on his Twitter account after he was gone that said, Hawaiian shirt going on, bad decisions to follow, you know. <clears throat> and, and he was a funny kid. And he, one of the early meetings with Andrew, I said, ask Chris. And what I like to do with any medium is medium session is go in, have the medium run with it with no information from me, if possible, up front, and then ask a handful of questions afterwards. And so one of the questions I asked, I said, you know, Chris, where did I come up short? And, and Andrew Anderson laughed and said, he said, oh, God, Dad, you never came up short. You are short, but you never came up short. <laughs> And it's pretty common that he busts my stones during, he laughs at my haircut. Um, he laughs at, he said, you got to pull your weight, which is substantial. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, he, he's, you know, what, what I really did find that spirits are the same personality when they cross over as, as, as when they were here. Andrew, who never swears, said, does he, your boy curse a lot? And I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, he curses a lot, you know? So he was saying things like, you're not going to effing believe this, Dad. It's beautiful. The colors, the air, you know. Um, you know, I was fortunate that on the anniversary of his crossing in, in June, January 3rd, 2017, um, I was in this office, which was his bedroom, and meditating and, and doing all the, all the woo-woo things that, that I do. And, uh, and I started getting messages directly from him, you know. And he described where he is and he described what life is like over there. And he, and he actually then uh, started chiding me for holding a resentment against the kid that owned the beach house, the lake house. And, and, uh, and he said, you got to let go of that, Bob. You know, it wasn't his fault. Yeah, I just wanted to blame somebody. Sure. You know, God was off the table. Sure. I needed to blame somebody. Yeah. This kid's a good target. But he said, Dad, we were friends. I loved him. He loved me. You know, it wasn't his fault. And I thought, sure, Chris, I'll forgive anybody for you. Besides, when I'll ever see this kid again, right? 12 hours later, I get a text from his buddies, his college buddies. They were in fraternity. It was like Animal House. But they turned out to be the most loving, wonderful kids. They're like part of my family. We just went to a wedding with all of them. And uh, I get a text that said, Mr. McHugh, we're going to meet at the grave at, at 3 if you can make it. So I grabbed the hockey cooler, threw in some beer and Gatorade and a and a box of cigars and drove up and there were 40 kids at the grave, oh, 40 wow. kids. They, wow. All surrounding the grave and, uh, and celebrating my boy. And, and there was, there was Scotty, the kid whose family owned the house. And I was able to embrace him. I mean, it's so loving. Not only was this kid put me, you know, take me out to the metaphysical woodshed about holding resentments. He also made it that I wasn't uncomfortable when I saw this kid because I processed that. You know, so those are the kind of things that you go like, that isn't me making this up to feel better about my pain because I didn't, I wanted to hold on to the resentment that right. was helping me with my pain. You right. know, uh, we continue that by the way, that celebration every year. Oh, and nice. uh, even during COVID, we all meet at the grave, came to my house. We usually were inside and have a, everybody comes in for a celebration. 
But with COVID, we had tents and heaters and we did it outside. And we had, you know, chili and food and chicken wings. And and everybody there is just surrounding, you know, with the intention of loving my boy, you know, telling stories that we'd heard over and over that I, we never get tired of, you know. That's that's beautiful. Uh, you may have answered this question already, in a, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, you used a medium for kind of the introduction to this with uh, reaching Christopher. Um I'm assuming that you uh, you don't need the medium. I mean, maybe you still use a medium on occasion, but you don't need a medium to continue the communications you've had with them. You kind of described that um, just in the in the last uh, last story you just told us. You know, I, I actually wrote in the second book why do I use mediums, and I still do. And and you know, I know people can get probably addicted to mediums or whatever. Um, you know, um, but the but the bottom line is, a couple times a month, I get. Well, and I do it every way, the same way every time. I get, I get uh, awakened at, at 3 a.m., which I thought was because that was the time he drowned. I subsequently learned that's actually what's called the bewitching hour. Right. And spirits are spirits most active between three and four. I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm in Central Time. How do they know that? Yeah. That's another question. <laughs> I guess I won't figure that out till I cross over. But you know, but you know, so I started coming in and. and and, and, and on the first year, that's that's what happened, right? So um, that still happens every, you know, twice a month, maybe, you know, three times, sometimes one time. But it still comes through like that. And But I do love, um, especially, there's some mediums that are friends, Andrew Anderson, Sherry Joe, they're pals. Um, you know, uh, 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 Tony in and, 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 and New York is just amazing. And, and recently, I, I was staying at my sister's house. Who, who was Christopher's godmother. And, and she was a real source of love for me. She, she loved me when I wasn't the most lovable cat in the world. And she loved my son. She was her, god, his, her godmother. And Chris promised me that she would, he would be there when she crossed over. And she crossed over um, February 6, 2019. And he said to me, Dad, and she died of cancer. And here's this unbelievably active, wonderful, just a force of nature. And, and and just tackled by this friggin' cancer. And Chris would go visit her. We'd visit her together up in John Hopkins when she'd be up there and down to Florida. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, a couple of days, and he said, Dad, I'll be there the minute she crosses over. You know, I promise. And when she did cross, he said, uh, Dad, we were there, like I said. He said it was me and Jerry and Billy and Bobby and Pat. And he literally named, you know, the, the siblings that are over there. And he said, she joined us and then she had to go away for a while, like a spa. And when she came back, she was younger than even I remember. So what that tells me is, is I'm not that smart, right? That tells me that she had the cancer stayed with her body, but the trauma crossed with her. Mm -hmm. So she had to go somewhere. What a, what a loving way to put it like a spa to be able to shed that and then rejoin the family. And I was like, dude, I get it. That's amazing. You know? So we were at her, I was at her house and I finished the second book at her house. I, I went there for two months and, and I'm going to do the same thing this year. And, uh, and, and my wife stayed me for a couple of months in the winter, you know, I get a little restless and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and so I, I was there and, and, you know, and, but before she died in 19, I went over, I was out there visiting her the week before. And she said to me, Honey, uh, you gave me the greatest gift. I read your book. I'm not afraid to die. 
The next January on my birthday, I went and saw a medium named Jill Nicole out in the West Suburbs. Once again, somebody referred her, wanted to check it out. She said, your son's here, but there's also a, a, a woman who got the title, mother, sister, aunt, uh, you know, godmother, what, you know, I said, well, that's Marsha. She goes, yeah. She said to tell you, honey, thanks for the greatest gift. You know, so it was like, those things are just undeniable. Yeah. I mean, the hits just keep coming. Right. right. And so, you know, I was at her house finishing up the second book. It all came together at her house and Christopher loved her, her house. Her spirit moves really freely through there. And a medium pale and I were on a phone call, Sherry Jewell, you know, and it's funny. And she told me some of Amazing thing. And she said, are you, are you at his house? Because she didn't know. We were on the phone. I go, yeah. She goes, where are the keys? Marsh wants to know where the keys are. And when I left for Siesta Key, which I, 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 I'm ever in, there, I, I get this gorgeous crystal from the sand there. You know, uh, Sally and I spent a week up there when she came to visit me. And, uh, and there's a, a guy who comes in and kind of keeps an eye on the place and he must have got the keys from under the mat. And I went, look, the keys were gone. But I wasn't too concerned. There was another set on the wall on a hook. I took them off the hook and put them in my pocket. And the medium who's on the phone, not on Skype now, on the phone said, Marcia said, put the keys back on the hook. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> I give up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, so the different skills come from different levels, you know, from different mediums. So, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I could probably live on hot dogs every day, but sometimes it's nice to go get a Ruth Chris steak. Yeah. And most mediums are like Ruth Chris steak to me. Joe, uh, as the communications continued, uh, at some point, yeah. I'm assuming you were taking notes or something because you ultimately wrote a book. And by the way, the first book yeah. is called, for those who don't remember, it's called My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. Um, and you, you you decided to put it on a book into a book, and I think this the book. And you tell me if I'm wrong here, but it was therapeutic for you. But you were also trying to offer a message of hope to other people who might have similar tragedy. But and and frankly, we all die at some point. Right, right, and that's you know I tell you what I was I do I just compiled every me every it started handwriting them. Now I record by phone or Zoom or whatever every medium session. Um, all the notes with Chris, they're all the same way, you know, so I've got a, a, a you know, just a folder and I put them in, uh, you know, chronologically and, and no intention to write a book. So Sally's brother was in, was over visiting in, in 17 and I had been taking these meetings and messages and, and compiling them. And they were talking about when Chris was a little kid, he used to play hide and seek like three, two, three, four years old, he'd hide, you'd find them, he'd hide, say hide again, go find them. And I'm over listening this, this warm, loving conversation kind of eavesdropping. And, and it came to me that, you know, I need to help. I need to find Chris. That's what my job is. And I need to help others to do the same for their kids. So I started putting together in a book, no intention of writing a book, you know, and, um, uh, and it came to me at that moment. I started writing the book that that day, and I thought we were one and done. I got a, uh, you know, this was a journey that has a lot of how to, kind of a blue collar book of how to for dummies, you know, to connect with your kid, <laughs> right, or with any loved one. But you know, there's a lot of, there's something really horrifically special about losing a kid. You oh, know, yeah. anybody who said time heals all wounds never lost a kid, right, right. 
So I thought we were done. And I was actually feeling a little low about, you know, this connection I've had because every keystroke, every paragraph, that was Chris with me doing it, you know, most of it inspired by him. So we're getting ready to finish the first book. And he said, hey, don't worry. We're not done yet, Pop. <laughs> we're going to do this until you cross. So, uh, you know, that was reassuring. And so, you know, the first book published, it, it got you know, some really, really nice reviews. And more important, you know, if you, if you go on Amazon and look at the reviews, there's a couple hundred reviews of people talking about this gave them hope. You know, this gives them a direction. So the second book is even more on the road of lessons for, you know, people are going through what I've, I'm going through, you know, and, and that they connect, you know, the party, you know, party's not over. You know, Susan Giesman wrote a, a number of great books, and one of her first books is still right here. You know, and I and I steal I steal that all the time. You know, when I'm writing and inscribing in the book, that your kids are still right here. You just you got to do the work. There's a movie called uh, What Dreams May Come, and Cuba Gooding Jr. was a spirit guide for Robin Williams, because Robin died and was like, "What the frig's going on?" And Cuba Gooding said, "The origin of the word." body is from the Anglo-Saxon bodic, meaning abode, which is what the physical body is, a transient dwelling for the real self. He said, you're in your house right now. You're in your house. That doesn't mean you are your house. Your house falls down, you get up and you walk away. And that really cleared things up for me. It was, you know, the spiritual, we're in this meat suit, but when this thing breaks down, our real energy keeps going. You know, and that was so reassuring. And not only that, but the ones that we love, if we do our job, and that's part of it, we got to do our job. If we do our job, they can connect with us. You know, so we got to do the stuff I do. You know what? I'm going to be 65 years old. I don't want to get up at three o'clock, but I sure as hell want to talk to my kid. Yeah. So I'm willing to get up at three. If he was calling me from Europe, and you can only talk at three o'clock. You don't think I would do that? Sure you would. You know, I took, mm -hmm. I took a trip from when I was visiting Marsha to go up to Siesta Key because he said go to Siesta Key. So I grabbed a couple of Red Bulls and a handful of cigars and drove up. <laughs> Sorry, you hurt to rent a car. And drove up to <laughs> Siesta Key and, and went out and I said, hey, Chris, I'm not going to drive up there if it's closed. So I went to the car, looked at my phone, said open 24 hours. So I went up to Siesta Key, laid on the, on the sand, felt him all around me. And I really do think that, you know, he just nudged a buddy up there next to him and said, see, I told you the old man was going to show up, you know. <laughs> but how far would you go if you lost a kid to spend half an hour with him? Would you drive two hours? Of course, course you would. Of course. So that's what we're doing here. I'm gonna, I want to beg you people, you know, do what you got to do to do your part and, and, and the, the kids who love you can, can, can connect, you know, have other members of your family had the same success, get the same comfort, uh, whether it's from watching you or experiencing themselves. Well, <clears throat> some of the family think I've lost, went off the reservation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, um, my, my wife and kids get it. Um, my wife completely. And she's about to finish her first book and it cracks her up. She said she started her, she's a therapist. She's, she's got a master. She's brilliant. 
and and she's a perfectionist. She she started her first book first, and she goes, "I can't. You've published two books before I finish my first book, <laughs> but her book is going to be is going to be I mean it'll be wonderful." <clears throat> and she feels him all around, you know. And and my concern was maybe she'd be jealous that I get this one on one. But you know who knows why that connection is. Actually, I have a feeling that Chris probably and I spent lives together before. And the third book is going to be more involved with past life regression. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff left for me to to learn about and pass on. I'm about ankle deep in the surf here, you know, and and I want to know more. So I think we were probably, as I've been told, siblings in another life. That's why we were so comfortable. We could just be. Yeah. We could sit together and not talk or chat on, you know, continuously about stuff you know yeah. um it was just a one and it still is i know when he's around i feel him you know i go to the grave all the time now i moved him over it's exactly what i sh- should have done i'm i'm you know spent a couple of bucks so what um but when i go there i'm satisfied something pushed me to do that right something pushed me to do that and you got to listen to that higher voice because I'm really satisfied. And it's not like I'm some old man feeding pigeons in the park. I go there. I've got a folding Buffalo Bills chair. I got my lower. I got a cigar. I a bag with accoutrements to clean up. That, that stone is always standing tall. Kids leave little mementos, sometimes an empty uh, beer can, you know, and uh, <laughs> Corona or something. But I know that they're there visiting. Right. And I sit there and I can just connect with him and I know he's there. I can feel him. Right. So, so, you know, that's a thin place for me. I, I saw a medium called John and he's in the grave a lot. And I said, yeah. And he said like a lot. And I said, yeah. And he said, usually I tell parents don't do that, but I'm going to tell you that's a really good spot for you two to connect. You know, we all know he doesn't live there, you know, but that's where it's a good place for us to connect beaches in Sarasota or in, in on the Gulf coast great place to connect. Why? I have no idea. None. Maybe I'll know when I cross over. Maybe I'll learn in the next book and tell you. But I do know that the veil is thinnest in those spots for me. You know, so I'm going, right? I'm packing up. I'm- yeah. Um, the second book is called We're Not Done Yet, Pop, My Lessons from the Other Side. What would you say the key differences are between the, the experiences you shared in the first book and the, and the follow-up? The first book was a journey, right? It was the first two years of him crossing, uh, bumping into walls, trying to figure this stuff out, doubting myself, um, you know, all of it, right? The first book was, and, and and you don't have to read the first book to get the second, but it, 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 it makes sense. It's, it's in chronological order. Uh, second book has the visits in chronological order, but there's a lot of other stories and there's a lot of other lessons, you know? And, and, you know, I never learned a lesson above the neck in my life, you know. And so, this, this you know, maybe somebody can, you know, not take a beat. And, you know, I'll give you an example. There's a, a story called Empty Boots in the second book. And Chris would wear these, as, as were custom for these kids, were untied Timberland boots. They called them Tims. Yep. And he was drowned and he was buried in them. And, uh, and he, uh, and, and one day I walked in the door and I saw a pair of untied, tied Timberland boots. And I thought, oh, good, Chris is home. And I took two steps and just started crying. I yeah. mean, just lost my, yeah. lost my stuff, you know. And it was, of course, his little brother's boots. And, and Chris wasn't on the couch, you know, with a sub sandwich on the table, you know, and feeding the dog. You know, he was, he, he was where he was, you know. Um, 
but I just allowed myself to do that, you know, and I'm not exactly shrinking violet, but, but I gave, I give myself permission to let the, the tsunami hit and then roll back out and then go on and do my thing, man. But, but if you stifle that or hold it back, you'll never be able to process it. I don't want to give up this connection and I'm okay with the pain. You know, there's a, a great line from a movie, Manchester by the Sea, where a woman lost some ki- her kids in a, in a fire. And she said, my heart was broken. It'll always be broken. And that's it. I lived this wonderful life. You know, I, wonderful family, friends, you know, a nice career, you know, been fortunate much more than I deserve, you know, but I'm, I'm going to go through life with a piece of my heart always broken. And, and I'm not, it's not like feel bad for me. I got to tell you, I got to be his dad for 21 years on this side. Yeah. You know, it was the greatest job in the world. I don't, don't feel sorry for me. I feel sorry for you. You didn't get that job. I did. Mm. And I get, I get to continue it when I cross. Right. So, so the bottom line is those, you know, the lessons when I'm telling people it's okay, you know, and here's a crazy story about that. I took that and I posted it on a, a website called helping parents here, helping parents heal. Wonderful, uh, uh, a website for that's and you have to be a child or a parent who's lost a kid to be able to participate to be able to join they have to accept you elizabeth basson is just this amazing woman who lost a child and then started this they just finished a book uh they did a documentary i went out and shot a documentary with the same filmmaker craig mcmahon who's brilliant and uh so so i wrote i posted this story that's in the book, but I posted uh, so so that other parents who experience this, you know, don't don't fall down the, you know, the trap of and not crawl out. You know, this is going to happen. This is what it's going to be like. And and I jumped in a car and I was it was during COVID, so we were sneaking on a golf course. And I was meeting my son up. We we're going to play the back nine, and and I get a call from Cherry Jewel, who's a medium pal, and she goes, "I just gave your name to a woman who lost a kid," and I said, "Cherry, you don't have to call me." Just anytime, give that number out. You know, you need to talk, reach out, whatever, do it. And she said, okay. She goes, by the way, Chris is here. My head's tingling. She goes, did you just ask for a sign? I go, yeah, I was feeling a little low today. You know, I posted that story that morning. And she said, okay. She said, did he like whiskey sours? And I used to tease him about drinking, you know, <laughs> umbrella drinks. You know? yeah. And I go, yeah. And she said, and why is he sending me a picture of Timberland Boots? Or, or unlaced boots. What is that about? Does that make sense to you? She doesn't, she's not privy to helping parents heal. She, this book wasn't out. None uh, of that. Yeah. That was just the validation of Chris saying, you know, pop, you're on the right path. Just keep doing your job. I, I'm a different guy than I was before January 3rd, 2016. I lived my life two, two ways, two tenets. One is to please my God. And the second is to make my son proud. You know, if every decision I make is based on those, you can't go wrong. You know, do I look like a guy that would read you a, a poem from Hakuri Murakami? And, and, it, and it said, once the storm is over, you won't remember how you, you made it through, how you managed to survive. You won't even be sure, in fact, whether the storm is really over. But one thing is certain. When you come out of the storm, you won't be the same person who walked in. That's what storms are all about, you know? So other par- other parents are walking through the same storm, you know, and, and, you know, you can connect, you know, you, they are still with you. Uh, Joe, quickly, because we're almost out of time here. Uh, you said 
that you work. I'm not ready to go, bro. <laughs> you said you strive uh, to make your son proud. Uh, is he proud of the work you're doing, uh, telling these stories yeah. and sharing this information? Is he proud of that? Yeah. Yeah, he is. And he, and I get the message. I get the feedback all the time. You know, he, one of the things I knew early on in the first book, he said, you know, you know, you were always there, dad. You never let me down. You know, you were my rock. He said, I know you're embarrassed to write it. Just put it down, you know? And uh, I saw Andrew Anderson. He's a pal. And I went and saw him. We're doing a spirit circle. I don't like spirit circles. I like one-on-one, but I'll, I'll do it for my friends, you know? And, uh, and, and he said, oh, man, he said, Chris is so proud of you, you know, so proud of what you're doing, that you're helping others, you know, and you're carrying his message. And we get to do it together. You know, what a, what a, what a blessing, man. Yeah. You know, I get to do, here's the deal. I live the world, world beyond my wildest dreams. Marry this wonderful gal, woman of my dreams. I punted my coverage on that one, right? Got wonderful kids, good career, you know, more than I've ever entitled to. But when God taps me on the shoulder and says, pal, time to cross, I get to spend the next go around with my kid. Yeah. So I'm good, you know. I'm not ready to go, but when it's time, I'm in. Sign me up. Right, right. Uh, the book, uh, first of all, it, do people need to read the first book to understand the second book, or they stand alone? No, it helps. But, you know, I, I think it, it helps, you know. Um, but, no, you can read the second book. In fact, people have put that in, in, in when they've written some uh, you know, views of it that you don't need to. Um, but I tell you, especially if you're doing, if you're on a journey where you've lost somebody, the first one helps to lead into the second. But, but right. you know, pick them up. They're both on Amazon. And by the way, my email is jbmcquillen, J as in Joseph, B as in boy, M-C-Q-U-I-L-L-E-N at Gmail. You need something, you know, you, you, you lost somebody. You know, I don't, man, I don't have all the answers. I just got a few of them because my kid gave them to me and I'm happy to pass them on, you know? Well, that's really kind of you. And um, I can see how important this work is to you, which also makes it so, so much more meaningful yeah. from somebody who's just sitting here asking questions. It's really impressive, Joe, but asking great questions in a nice way. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And I, I, you know, we are out of time here, but I hope, uh, I hope we can get you back again, not wait three years to do it. Um, I know you said you're working on a third book. I mean, this one's I new, know. so yeah. man, you've got to slow yeah. down a little bit, Joe. I can't keep up. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> You know, it kind of gives me air to breathe. You know, I mean, like I said, I'm I'm a tad restless by nature. You know, and so uh, so we're, we're we we hung up the hockey skates a couple of years ago. So we get golf and yeah. and writing books and hanging out with the dog at the grave and and being a, being a dad. So um, the third one's coming and. Uh, and we'll see how long we get to play this out until I cross, you know. Well, you mentioned Amazon. Any other place you'd send folks to uh, to look for it? No, go to Amazon. You know, I've got a website. and Just it just put it up. It's joemcquillan.net. Um, and so there's a lot of your interview will be on there. A lot of interviews, um, you know, some stories and uh, and how to, how to access the book. And, uh, and if you live in the United States, you got my email. And, and, and it's Christmas time. You can't afford the book. You know, I got to. I'll, you know, you know, I'll send you one, you know, you, wow. give me, you, you, you reach out to me. It's very generous. You said, uh, the website's Joe McQuillan, kind of guy. <laughs> Joe McQuillan.net. Is that what you said? Yeah. Joe McQuillan.net. Yeah. And you said your email address was JB McQuillan at Gmail. Right. Did I have those right? Terrific. Well, again, been, sure a, did. been a magical hour. Uh, thank you for sharing such personal story with us. 
Uh, obviously, yeah. it's a story that caused you a lot of pain, but also uh, a lot of uh, satisfaction as you learned how things really are. And that's what's really yeah. important. So and that Joe, is what's really important. Yep. Joe, thanks for being here and have have a good Thanksgiving, you, you and your family. Thank you. Okay. I'm going right. to eat a lot of turkey whether you do or not. <laughs> All right. I don't begrudge anybody that. Again, thanks for being here, Joe. Uh, My pleasure. Yeah. Joe McQuillan. And again, it's jbmcquillan at gmail.com. And the website is joemcquillan.net. And the books are available at Amazon. Uh, Again, the first book is called My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. And the second book, the one that we were talking about here tonight, is uh, We're Not Done Yet, Pop. Very, very inspirational stories and very therapeutic if you've had that kind of loss in your life as well. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.